But before we do all of that, we're going to be, be talking about agriculture around the world, specifically agriculture over in Europe. Here over the past month, we've had several guests on the program who have discussed the different challenges that European producers are facing. And now we're going to dive in a little bit deeper. Joining us now is Bill Wirtz. He's a senior policy analyst at the Consumer Choice Center, lives over in the European Union. And Bill, it is tough to be a farmer in the EU, and it sounds like it's going to be getting harder. Thanks, Mike, for having me. Absolutely. That's uh, that's definitely the case because the EU is trying to revamp the entire food system uh, over here in Europe, and uh, not everybody's happy. No, they certainly aren't. And Bill, when we talk about what the EU is proposing, we've got to come down to some of the big differences of definition, namely the way they assess risk. Europeans versus the U.S., they use a hazard-based assessment. We use a risk-based assessment. What's the difference? So the difference is the possibility that something might actually happen. So uh, the European Food Safety Authority actually even has, which is the European Union's agency to assess uh, uh, risk, uh, actually has a, um, a, a cool graphic on their website where they say the difference between hazard and risk is the difference on uh, a shark being in the sea and you swimming with a shark. So that is a crucial difference. It's, it's the exposure level. So a couple of years ago, there was a German environmental group that said, oh, um, glyphosate has been found in beer. And then the German ministry came back and said, yes, that's true. However, you'd have to drink a thousand liters of beer a day in order for that to affect you. And I'd reckon if you drink a thousand liters of beer a day, um, your glyphosate exposure is not going to be your biggest problem. Right. Yeah, there are going to be other issues of concern. But that hazard versus risk, Bill, this difference spills out into policymaking. And why does the hazard approach encompass so much more? Um, it encompasses so much more because what, what we what we see now in Europe is that we've taken a, a 999 approach uh, to uh, to all the to all the uh, uh, new innovations in agriculture. So you see this from everything from crop protection chemicals to genetic engineering. Uh, the EU bases everything on can we find maybe an additional study that this could pour, uh, that this could cause a problem for consumers, and then says uh, we should not allow it. So this is why uh, compared to the United States. Uh, European agriculture is considerably less efficient and also less sustainable. If you actually compare the numbers, what we see um, is that Europe's focus on organic agriculture um, makes it so that we cannot actually reduce carbon dioxide emissions because organic agriculture needs a lot more input. Uh, so a lot of these examples lead to a situation where food is more expensive and less sustainable in Europe than it is in the U.S. And yet the Europeans continue to push their models around the world. Bill, one of the reasons I wanted to have you on is you have written a paper called No Copy-Paste, What Not to Emulate from Europe's Agricultural Regulation. What do you think about that in the context of American agriculture? What are some of the big takeaways? What do you think U.S. producers really need to avoid for ag policy here in the U.S.? So I think what European farmers have done is sort of wave this through uh, for, for, for a couple of decades. Um, every new regulation just affected the niche part uh, of farming and, and, and the farmers unions would always say, yes, okay, let's do this. Uh, we'll do it in, uh, in light of the sustainability claims that the European Union would make. And this is sort of mounted up to an extent where now farmers are protesting. Oh, you saw many American 
many of you, uh, many in your American audience probably have seen the protests that happened in the Netherlands, uh, where farmers, uh, Dutch farmers are incentivized by the government to give up livestock farming in order to reduce the emissions from livestock farming. And uh, farmers have said, no, I don't want to be bought out by the government. I want to continue my work. And so I think we're going to be, see, going to be seeing a lot more of those type of protests because farmers are in Europe are now realizing that those stringent regulations have now prevented European agriculture from being efficient and, uh, and sustainable. And Bill, as we look out to the future, you know, in the past, that hazard versus risk assessment, GM technology is something Europe has been slow to move forward on. But looking ahead, it seems as though emissions and greenhouse gases are going to be a, a core issue for European growers. What are you hearing from European farmers on the emissions? What's, where's that going in Europe? So what farmers are asking for is for impact assessments on those new rules. I mean, the rules that we have already are pretty bad, but the farm to fork strategy, which is sort of the roadmap of the European Union on what it wants to do in the future, uh, really slashes everything from synthetic fertilizer use to uh, synthetic pesticide use and wants to also reduce uh, livestock farming and, and farmland use. So I think there's going to be a lot of pushback over the next years. Right now, we're only seeing that farmers are demanding to know what the impact will be. And when USDA did an impact assessment, they found out it would be devastating for European agriculture. And I can't imagine a worse moment to increase food prices than right now, when food price inflation is at record highs. And Europeans, even before COVID, were spending considerably more on food than Americans were. And so, Bill, with food price inflation going so high, particularly in Europe, is that changing the way the EU regulators are looking at ag policy? Are they taking note of rising prices? So there's been some hesitant criticism on the, on the plans. And French President Emmanuel Macron was saying that maybe the future reforms should be on halt. Uh, there's been some hesitancy, but a lot of people have staked their reputation on this. So what, I, what um, governments in Europe are doing right now is handing out specific checks. So the French government, for instance, is giving a cost of living check to people. But that's just a temporary measure. And that won't really help. What we need to do, in my view, is really embrace innovation, which is something that I think uh, USDA has been putting an, an, an emphasis on really marks the stark difference between Europe and the US uh, by saying we need more innovation to bring costs down. Uh, right now, it's just a patchwork of policies across the EU, and I don't think it's really going to be addressing the issues. Um, I think some elections will probably be necessary uh, for, uh, uh, for the political landscape to change and for people to be able to, to believe that it's politically viable to change course. That certainly makes sense. Lots to unpack over the coming years in the EU. Now, Bill, can you tell our listeners where can they go and read your policy paper, No Copy Paste? So you can find it on consumerchoicecenter.org, and there's the publications page, and you can find different research papers that I've published, everything from the No Copy Paste to um, us making European lawmakers aware on mycotoxin contamination, sustainable agriculture, what do we actually need for the future, and the necessary change in rules to allow gene editing in the European Union as well. So uh, all of that can be found online on consumerchoicecenter.org. Fantastic, folks. Check that out. Investigate what's happening over there in Europe. These ripples do impact around the world. We've been talking with Bill Wirtz, Senior Policy Analyst at the Consumer Choice Center. Bill, thanks for joining us today. 